Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town, The Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise. Dice today. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The coterie was notified that a town hall meeting was about to begin in response to a slew of murders at the hands of vampires. Everett reluctantly agreed that it was his duty to attend. Doris's tarot cards warned of great danger and a meeting of the minds. Val hated pretty much everything, and Evangeline, along with four other captives, was forced into a frenzy, soon to be unleashed on an unsuspecting town hall. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. The Coterie are all traveling towards a town hall meeting. In different vehicles... Not knowing that everyone is headed towards the same location and not arriving at the same time. The first group to arrive are the officers of the law, driven by Val. Uh, Everett, do you think you take the front seat or are you sitting in the back of the squad car? Um, the front, I think. Doris 
in the back with her pink hat with the little balls dangling from it, locked in like a prisoner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and you all arrive at the scene of DeSanti Elementary. Uh, When you look out, you can see a a glowing, very corporate sign on the exterior of the school that is clearly in the same style as the hospitals you had seen in Montreal, Everett. DeSanti Corp uh, is the corporation that was sponsoring some of your adventures towards the end. And it's clear that they are linked with vampires all throughout Calgary. Uh, You do remember that there is DeSanti General Hospital, which is just known as General Hospital in the area, but that's the same name. So there is the possibility of you reaching out or contacting uh, DeSanti, who you'd spoken with previously, if if that is necessary, just at some point. You're a man who has a phone because it's now, not the 80s. You all enter. It's a very traditional kind of squat brick structure, uh, the stereotypical Scarborough elementary school that you would expect. You enter through the front hallway. Uh, There's a foyer with the office off to the side with the glass-walled windows. The lights are all out. However, in front of you are the tan wooden doors with the small glass with mesh built into it windows with just that cheap light halogen-style lighting that you find inside school gyms. Uh, And once you enter there, you find yourself on the basketball courts. It's that rubberized floor that you'd expect. It looks like pebbles, almost as though it were curling ice uh, with two two courts laid out. Uh, There are no nets. Curling ice? Yes, if you go curling, uh, if you've ever seen they <laughs> pebble the ice, it's it's oh, a process. Okay. So for, curling ice isn't just flat. For curling, they actually have somebody walk out with like a weird hose thing because it's pebbled the whole way down so you can slide oh, on it. You can't slide on flat ice using the shoes. In curling, you oh. can. I curled until I was like 13. Now okay. we've revealed that. So I'm just totally like, necessary. I have no idea what the hell you're talking that's, about. That's a Sorry. fascinating bit of trivia, though. I didn't know that yeah. about... It has a texture similar to the gym floors that Laura already had reference for. (laughs) But for those who don't, but also know curling, that's going to be everyone else. Um, You now know facts. Uh, You enter it. The walls are painted white. They're whitewashed, uh, cinder block style brick. Uh, There is a stage at the far side that has been covered. You get the feeling it's that classic four foot stage that's almost built sarcastically into the wall in elementary schools. But the most notable thing, despite this very simple elementary school environment is a large circular oak table that looks as though it has been brought from a castle in the 16th century. It is finely carved. It is finely hewed. Uh, Those of you who are more vampirically linked, which would be Doris on the scale of things, you can recognize uh, sigils and symbols woven into it in Mm. ancient languages, including Aramaic. This is a table for vampire royalty. And around it, there are nine chairs uh, circling around the edges of it. Only five of them are filled. There are four that are empty. Uh, and closest to you on the way in is a throne facing the rest of the table that has been placed on a bleacher that raises it six inches up above the other chairs. Uh, Doris and Val, you would know that that throne is intended for the sheriff, as the sheriff is mm-hmm. the highest authority in this area because Cleopatra, having been assassinated but a few weeks ago, uh, has left a power vacuum that only the sheriff can fill. Uh, there are usually nine people on the council, which Doris and Val would be aware of. Everett, you are not, which is why there are nine chairs. With a meeting having been called, having four of those seats empty is very strange slash concerning. 
I'm imagining you escort Everett to the table. The other, the, the five vampires who are present are standing in front of their chairs, just waiting for the seating to begin. Uh, Everett has no clue what's going on. So what would, happens? Would Doris know who used to occupy the four? Yes. The seating is all very formalized. Um, but the people that are missing, uh, uh, there's Fabienne Lacroix, who you know yep. is currently in jail. So obviously Fabienne could not attend this meeting. There's uh, Horatio Sundrop, who is the representative of the Malkavians, is not present. His seat is empty. Uh, one of the two seats that are set aside for the Gangrel, who are represented by a father-daughter combo. Uh, the father is here, Kevin LaFleur, but his daughter, Lorcan, is not present. Uh, and then Eric Francis who is the representative of the Kaitif, the um, the non-clan-affiliated vampires, is also not present. Hmm. Okay. Uh, then Doris would kind of uh, lightly touch uh, Everett's arm and kind of gesture to the throne and just say, uh, that's your seat, sir. Isn't it pretty? That That's where I'm supposed to sit. That's where the princess used to sit. So I hope you have big shoes. Barty said, you know, with her gone, the sheriff is the princess. You're the the new princess. princess. Right, 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 right. Okay. And Everett will very uncomfortably um, approach the throne and and take a seat. So you have a long squeaking walk yep. in the way that it echoes through the brick-lined room, but with the rubberized floor, you can see your boots are leaving marks as you walk, because that's what always happens in those environments. Uh, you finally sit down, and the five vampires across from you sit down as well. Uh, I'm going to storybook a little thing, because I feel like Doris is trying to help you. So I think Doris might give you the whisper of who you are dealing with, so you have an idea of, of names, which will be informative for everyone. Uh, the five vampires before you, the first is Kane Raziel, uh, a woman God. who is in traditional biker gear. She's It's Kane with a K, so it's not stepping on the vampire religious stuff. But uh, <laughs> she's got the traditional biker cut. Uh, she's wearing a lot of chains as accessories, even wrapped around the forearms. She's got a great faux hawk going. There's a bit of a Tig Notaro vibe about Kane. Uh, clearly, you know, tough as, tough as leather and there to kick some ass. Nice. Kane is the representative of the Bruja clan. And Kane is the owner of Ripcord Mechanics, which is where Cherry is being looked after right now. Ripcord Mechanics is the best mechanic shop in New Haven. Uh, then next over there is Kevin Lafleur, uh, who is the representative of the Gangrel. Uh, Kevin is on the shorter side, a little lanky, uh, blonde. The hair is cut close to the face. Looks a little bit intellectual on the scale of things, which is surprising for those of you who know Gangrel very well, who tend to look more feral and disorganized. Kevin also has small wire-rimmed glasses that sit on his nose. Uh, and he's just wearing a button-up dress shirt, and uh, khakis. You can see over the back of his chair, a white lab coat has been thrown, Everett. So you would guess this is a medical professional of some kind. You just don't know what that is. Uh, His chair has a chair closely next to it, which is empty. And for you, Everett, everyone looks pissed off. Uh, Horatio Sundrop's seat is empty. Then there is 1010 Quarantino, uh, the woman who is (laughs) in charge of the Nosferatu of the area. 1010 is wearing... Uh, the 19-year-old at a club's version of 
the little black dress where it's just painted on. It's one size too small. Tenten is the stereotypical Nosferatu in the way that you would picture from the film Nosferatu. Uh, her skin is flaking. It's exposed. She's got bald, pointed ears, the the sharper, uh, almost rat-like features for her. Uh, but she is just out in the way that all of the Nosferatu are celebrating in terms of moving to New Haven. Everett, I think you'd pick up on this because you're aware that with the masquerade, traditional Nosferatu can't be out and about yeah. and having a great time. I've met they, one before, uh, yeah. the, uh, the hacker, whose name I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah, and, and they can't show skin. So this yeah. is just a land of living out loud, body positivity. Nosferatu kind of, are, yeah. are loving the nightlife here. Uh, then there is... Viron Ferron, who is the representative of the Toreador. Uh, Viron Ferron is a Tom Hiddleston in Loki type. Black hair, uh, shoulder length, aquiline, wearing, I mean, normally Viron, and you would see Viron on Viron's own time, be dressed in uh, just a beautifully tailored suits. Just fabulous. He favors bold colors, pinks, purples, velvets, whatever wild fabric there is. Uh, but currently, Viron Ferron is forced to work at a pet store uh, because the Toreadors were not part of the original group that were invited to join New Haven. The Toreadors are here as refugees, simply known as the New Haven Pet Emporium. It's a pet store uh, that sells only fish by an eccentric woman named Mary Lou Smethurst, who is only interested in fish as pets. She considers all of their pets kind of problematic, strange, or exhausting. <laughs> Uh, and for some reason, she's dressed all of her employees as though they were selling popcorn at an old-timey movie theater. So Viron Ferron is wearing just a, a, a elaborate smock and almost a bellhop uniform that clearly is not to Viron's liking. Viron cannot make this look entirely dignified. Uh, and there's a little hat set to the side, almost one of those flat-topped, uh, flat-topped striped hats that Viron is just looking at as though it were a rat in the room. Uh, but Viron is clearly outraged. Uh, and then, yeah, Fabienne Lacroix's seat is empty. So those are the, the five who are ready. There's Kane Raziel, Kevin LaFleur, Tenton Quarantino, and Viron Ferron. Those are, is that four? That's four. That is, that is four. Mm -hmm. One, four. two, three, four. And we're, are five people that are present. So is there a fifth one that we haven't seen yet? Well, there's four people missing and four people there in nine chairs, and one of them's Everett, right? Mm. Oh, I thought the throne was separate. My bad. Oh, is the throne separate? Is there ten or nine? Nine chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Math. No, it's entirely. This is entirely my fault. There, there are nine chairs, but I. The, it, this is where I get screwed up because there's two Gangrel and there's one of everybody else. So oh. There are four vampires present. We've hit hey. all the vampires who are present. Yes. Okay. My apologies. Yay! That is it. Got it. Um, so there are the four vampires present who are all staring at you, outraged. Uh, the first one to speak from their seat, uh, Doris and Val, you were forced to just stand behind mm -hmm. the throne as the two classic advisors. Uh, you are able to stand up on the riser. It's a little bit awkward, but it puts you up above the rest. It is uncomfortable, but technically correct. Yeah. Uh, however, everyone only has eyes for the new sheriff who has just arrived. Uh, and the first one to speak is Kevin Lafleur, who's like, I don't know where my daughter is. What did you do with my daughter? Lorcan isn't here. There's people getting murdered. Why should we let you stay as the leader of the sheriff? I think this place could be a failure. Uh, well, uh, 
sir. Uh, is there any way for me to know their names from yes, where they're Yes, I think I would say Doris, Doris. would give you the oh, names okay. as I was saying it, so you know who they are and okay. who they're representing. Well, uh, Mr. LaFleur, have you reported a uh, uh, your daughter a missing person with my police department? There's been no time, says 1010 Quarantino from where 1010 is sitting. There are other people missing, and there was that attack last night. We don't know what's going on. Yes, You're supposed to keep us safe. We are investigating, um, and we (laughs) will find out what is going on here. Now, if you have information that we don't, that would greatly help the investigation. Um, The other empty seats here, is everyone missing? Or do we know the whereabouts of any of these other people? I don't know. They're all supposed to be here, says Kane Raziel from where she's sitting. This is all. We had a meeting planned with everybody, and instead we got this. What the fuck's going on? Yesterday, there was an assault on your facility, which you tried to cover up, and then there's a bunch of murders. Something goes on at the retirement home. We call a meeting, and half the council isn't here. Well, it, uh, 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 it, I can't speak for the absences of these council members, but it does appear that the incident at the retirement home and the attack on the precinct are linked. And so we are, the investigation is proceeding. Um, Quite frankly, uh, if y'all have any uh, new pertinent information to provide us, we can collect that, but we really should be carrying on with that so that we can provide you with the safety and security that you deserve here as citizens of New Haven. Oh, honey, says Viron Ferron from where Viron is sitting. Your only job is to be able to keep track of where we are. We're the most important people here. We're the representatives of the clans. If you don't know where we're disappearing to or what's happening, and your answer is, I would like more time when half the seats are fucking empty, I don't know why we need you. If I may. You may. Mr. Sheriff, um, <clears throat> hello, Viron. I like your hat. Well, thank you. I hate it. And then he reaches out with one wrist and just knocks it off the table onto the floor. Well, I was going to say if you wanted to sparkle it up, I could have given you some sparkles, but it's on the floor now, so never mind. I just want everybody to recognize the fact that Mr. Fry, our new sheriff, has just gotten into town. So I think... A little slack should be cut at least for perhaps the rest of the day. I remember I had a job once as a fishmonger. And my first day, I didn't know a headache from a carp. And someone got very mad at me. But frankly, I don't think that that was very fair of them. So I don't think that this meeting is stopping, starting off in a very fair direction. Because he's very new. And he came into a very delicate situation. And so I think for the good of New Haven and the good of peace and the end of chaos, that we should all calm ourselves and let him do his job because he really hasn't had time to yet. But my daughter is missing. We're supposed to be the gangrel in a safe city, but my daughter is missing. I'm going to find your daughter. We're going to find everyone. We're going to find everyone. Which one of you wants to engage in this social battle? Because this is something we haven't played with in Vampire before, but it is an ongoing challenge for the sheriff's office. 
which is much like there are fistfights in vampires, there is social combat, which is where you swaying a crowd deals willpower damage instead of uh, the traditional damage. I think Doris, you dived in, I mean, so this this will be Doris's <laughs> round. Claire's hand like. is up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have I have like specializations in persuasion and politics, so. To be clear, I love the argument that you're the, making. The floor is nice. yours. <laughs> so you you are currently arguing with Kevin Lafleur, who is the one who is so bothered that Lorcan is missing that he needs some assistance. So what what skill do you think we're using during that speech? What feels right for you? Um, I think I would say um, politics, probably. Yep, that feels right to me. And yeah. then probably, uh, do you think this is charisma? You're trying to win them over to be fair, just through the power of who you are. Yes. Great. Let's go with that then. All right. And I have one hunger. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, that's five successes. Nice. Great. Five successes. Uh, Kevin backs down you see kevin get checked by the fact that you're there and the sheriff is there and you see kevin realize in his head that you may not have information but at the same time he's like as long as you agree that we will find lorcan and that is a priority uh yes would you like to provide one of my deputies with a statement you know your daughter's last known location those sorts of things her coffin in our veterinary shop when the sun went down so last that's, night that's what i know last time that you saw her yes very good thank you sir and he's gonna sit down a little bit awkwardly uh and you see all the other vampires look at him a little embarrassed and a little judgmental clearly he's taken a hit for standing up being like i'm the guy to be the leader and then immediately shit the bed sit back down and say thank you <laughs> um that's how willpower damage works uh <laughs> in these things uh however you can see 1010 Quarantino lean forwards with one hand and slam a fist on the table and say, I may not have lost myself or the important ones, but Costas, one of my vampires, he has disappeared. There was someone else who who was part of a, a thing. I got to check their name. But they, <laughs> she gets out her notes because uh, she's trying to keep track of exactly who has disappeared. Uh, Thomas Jerry. Thomas Jerry disappeared two nights ago, and we don't know where Thomas Jerry went. What information do you have about Thomas Jerry, if you will protect us all? Uh, Thomas Jerry's familiar. Do I know Thomas that Thomas Jerry, Jerry is the name is of the... The Nosferatu frenzy that you killed that shot, when they... Yeah. 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 Mm. <clears throat> um, I'm going to... Um, uh, um, discreetly, uh, I think I'll even like cover my mouth and kind of lean away uh, and just lean over to um, uh, I think Val. I think I'll lean over to Val uh, and just whisper um, and, and basically say um, is this the kind of place where we can disclose what happened to Thomas Jerry or is there a better time and place for that? Oh boy. <laughs> In your experience running this town how does this usually go down well you are the final authority on what happens when people misbehave around here uh, all right uh, and i'll like adjust my posture again and, and raise my voice and i will say uh 
Thomas Jerry was shot and killed for attacking the sheriff's precinct. What? Dum-dums and dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as hive-bred siblings Lyric and Alto as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy. Available now. Why would Thomas do that? Thomas was a loyal Nosferatu. Thomas did not. Um, Thomas showed a blatant disregard for my authority as sheriff. And perhaps we should all show a blatant disregard for your authority as sheriff. I wouldn't do that if I were you. All right, I feel like this is going to be an Everett roll, but we get a Doris assist, because I think okay. Doris has swept in nicely. Val, I think, is just thrilled to see anyone showing off their authority. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Lay can it I down. Roll, can I roll for... Um, how would I assist if I want to roll for intimidation accidentally scary? Um, what I would say is we'll allow you to add your bonus for your accidentally scary to Everett's roll, because Everett is the one facing this down right. directly, because he's got to defend a murder, which is... That probably falls into sheriff category yeah. as opposed to deputy category. Uh, so, Everett, I feel like this would be, this could be a composure, just your ability to keep it together. Or I would allow a strength if you want to lean into the fact that you're just going to play your role that way. Uh, I am truly playing this more from the composure route. I'm not trying right. to make waves at this thing. I'm trying to get this over with so we can get mm-hmm. on with the investigation. Um, Fair enough. Uh, and so, yeah. Do you see this I, as etiquette then? Do you think that's there? Do you think this is uh, a performance of trying to play the role of Stead Sheriff, even though you're not necessarily that I'm just yet? Looking at, yeah, I'm just looking at what's available here. Um, honestly, I have almost nothing in any of these, but for just for the sake of the RP, I would say my zero stats in persuasion over my zero stats in etiquette. Um, <laughs> just because okay. I think, I'm yeah, I'm just basically saying uh, like, this is what happened. This is a straight and, composure roll. Yeah. 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 And then what yeah. we will do is we will allow, what is your, Doris, what is your intimidation stat? Uh, two. Two. Great. Uh, you will get to add two dice for intimidation. Uh, okay. We'll give you a third one for Val. Val is the strong, silent type. What is Val looking like as this is happening? Because Val is oh, not the person yeah. to talk in these meetings. But No, she is definitely like standing strong with her arms crossed. And also, as soon as she stood up on the thing, she put her sunglasses on like, do not perceive me. I am <laughs> like, I'm just here as muscle, basically. And I think her reputation precedes her as far as that goes. That's uh, four successes. Oh, uh, that's another two successes. Oh, okay. Sorry. I <laughs> crushed it. Nope. This is the important thing. I okay. love it. And it happened. Uh, 10, 10 almost recoils as though hit once Doris chimes in and Val gives one of those lower the sunglasses to look at somebody for a second. It puts them back up. Uh, and 10, 10 just settles into uh, her chair. 
clearly uncomfortable and was like, yes, use your authority to keep us safe, I guess. And everyone just, like, Viron is livid. You get the feeling Viron was team, let's fuck this sheriff up, and everybody else is just pooping the bed right now for uh, this attempt at that. However, at the same time this meeting is ongoing, Evangeline, you have a bag over your head. You're in the back of a moving van, manacled uh, and shackled at the ankles and at the arms, and you are in the midst of a blood frenzy. Uh, yeah, that's all fine. You- All you can see is red. All you want is to feed. It is an endless, dark animal rage. However, you do hear uh, the the beaded figure. You would recognize the voice now as the one who had originally uh, enchanted you and tried to interrogate you using the truth spell and then to partake in the massacres. Uh, You can hear that voice traveling among what you would assume are the other people in the vehicle. You wouldn't really Mm -hmm. get any flashes of this consciously if you were able to act on your frenzy, but you were sitting at that heightened state you can't get out of, unable Mm -hmm. to move. So there's a chance you can understand what she is saying. Can Mm. you roll me, I would say, either composure or resolve? Sure. So just just so you know, because of my clan banes, you get to choose, because I'm frenzying not by choice. So you get to choose an animal feature that I have. Mm. um, And you also get to reduce... Uh, one of my attributes by one point until I'm no longer frenzying. And so that's your choice. Okay. I am going to reduce your intelligence because okay. I think you would that shift more into your animal brain on the scale of things. Cool. Uh, and the animal appearance you will have is uh, clawed fingers. Your fingers Yay. actually merge into claws. So it's the ability that you have essentially to pop claws, only they yeah. are out out okay and will remain after this frenzy that has been beyond your control for as long as the rules specify because cool i cannot remember um i'm imagining you would be trying to keep it together so do you think this would be a composure trying to hold it together for a second or resolve to not give in to the frenzy one or the other plus um i think it uh hmm this is interesting so ooh. I think it would have to be resolved. I almost wanted to say composure because it's almost like her like news, like in front of the camera, like com- must maintain composure. But I think it's beyond that. I think it has to be resolve. Great. I think she's fighting it as hard as she can. Resolve and awareness. Resolve and awareness. Okie dokie. So these are all hunger dice. That's great. Um, that's a nine and a nine and a six. Three successes. Nice. You can hear this through the voices, through the haze of blood frenzy, fury, and hunger. You can overhear the words being said to uh, the other, you would assume the other people in the van. You do know that there were other victims alongside you in the warehouse. Uh, The voice is clearly repeating names to them and trying to have conversations. And when she comes over to you, you can finally clearly hear what is being said. Uh, and you, you can almost feel her lean down. You can smell the blood in her body. You want to lash out. You want to attack. You're straining against your bonds uncontrollably. But her words are still cutting through to your mind as she reaches down and yanks off your hood. And you mm. find yourself staring into the eyes behind the veil of beads that hangs down. And she says, you know that sheriff of yours? Do you remember him? Don't you hunger for him? Don't you hunger for the sheriff when you see him 
Uh, and you can feel her battling through the frenzy, through the eye contact to try to control your mind and implant a trigger that will occur when you've got it visually, when you see Everett. You're getting flashes of seeing him and flashes of hunger. Uh, but you do have a chance to resist this because you have heard what Aww. is going on and you are conscious enough to do so. So I need you to roll um, me. So interesting. So I do have an unswayable mind, which um, I get to add fortitude as an extra die to resist coercion, intimidation, charm, or any other mind control. Yes, that would add to this. So you okay. get to do your intelligence plus resolve plus your fortitude. Okay, intelligence plus resolve plus my fortitude. Okay. So it's just you within your frenzy as she holds your hair to force you to stare into her eyes uh, to try to resist her control. Okay. Do hungry dice even matter when you're frenzying? Uh, no. Okay. You're, you're as gone as can be at this point. I was going to say, I'm like, wait a it second. That's already if happened. You, <laughs> if you get a messy successy or... Somebody asked me online, I'm like, all I got is Beastie McFeasty. It's not great. We'll, we'll, workshop, we'll workshop the failure version, but that's what I have. Okay. Well, there's no messy successy. That, uh, ugh, two successes. Two successes is not enough. Yeah, I thought so. So this, this com compulsion uh, disappears into your mind. Uh, and and you, it has the feeling of a dream that you've just woken up from and you cannot remember it. And the hood is jammed back on to your head and you return to your frenzy and you know from the conversations that something has happened from what you've overheard can you roll me let's say a wits, wits. and a wits and investigation to try to put sure together thing. what just happened to you because i think you you would have a shot at trying to remember it before you sink fully back into the red haze okay um two successes two successes you know it's bad and you know it's about everett uh and you sink back into the dark uh and the blood rage uh and just strain against your bonds howling desperately trying to feed <laughs> on something on anything on whatever you can get uh, into your mouth uh, but the hood prevents you uh, cycling this rage ever higher meanwhile i'm scared the gymnasium, <laughs> you're scared I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the gymnasium, uh, Viron Ferron stands up dramatically from his seat and says, I don't know what you're thinking here. You've talked everybody down, but we don't even know if you can do this job. So what are you going to do? Are we going to be updated? Is this going to be a secret thing? What happens when I disappear in the night and the rest of the Toriores disappear? Because New Haven is clearly a failure already. Well, um, as I understand it, everyone living and working here in New Haven does not want it to be a failure. And that means that as community leaders such as yourselves and the sheriff, myself and my deputies, we need to cooperate and work together. Uh, give me a chance uh, to make this right. Uh, matter of fact, I'd like to wrap this up so we can maximize our time of the night to do the work that needs to be done. So you're telling me if we give you this night, by the end of the night, you will return the missing people around this table to us alive? I'm telling you that these questions are 
taking up more and more of my time that could be spent better, could be spent otherwise. I would love to figure out some way to report my nightly findings to you or something like that. If I could send out like a, I don't know, like an email blast or something, just let everybody know. <laughs> Doris raises her hand next to you. Uh, and, and I think he like he sees it and is like he's talking, but also is like, this is weird. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Doris, go ahead, just go ahead, Doris. You can I just, just speak. <laughs> I just wanted to say that uh, you are all very welcome in my attic for uh, sporadic updates, should you wish, um, and. The occasional ritual, if that will put your minds at ease. Well, that sounds great. Why don't we? Why don't we do that then? If you need an update, you can approach Doris in her attic. Um, <laughs> she's one of my top deputies on this. She'll have all the fresh information that you folks need. But we really should uh, adjourn here or, or whatever, so that we can get on with uh, with the good work for the good people in New Haven. Can you roll me a? Composure and persuasion. Yes. <laughs> persuasion is. I'm getting dead. everyone in my attic. Doris <laughs> has one goal. Also, that man is still there. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, yeah, they work around the man in the box. <laughs> mm. I don't know if it's enough, but I am pleased that of the three dice, I got three successes. Hey. Unfortunately, looking at Viron Ferron, who is, one could say generously, an Elysium harpy and a political animal of the Camarilla in the worst possible way, uh, Viron slams a hand down on the desk uh, and then gently strokes the wood in a way as though controlling the gesture, flicking his fingers away and looks to you and says, I'm afraid we're going to need some promises before we can allow this whole thing to move onwards. So what guarantee can you give us about what you can do tonight? Otherwise, I'm afraid we're not going to be able to trust you. And you do take two points of superficial willpower damage. Uh, which, for those knowing, it's damage to your reputation. Yep. So it, it won't kill you in the sense of things. However, yeah. there is a risk of the sheriff's department losing the faith of the clans. Oh. And if they start doing their own justice, that has to be balanced. I think because I failed the composure, there's a certain way that I want to play this in the sense that like I was trying to be composed. It didn't work. So Everett, I think, kind of grips the, the armrest of the throne and leans forward a little bit and says, um, I can promise you that if these political theatrics wasting my time up here are linked to us not being able to get work done this evening, I will hold certain parties at this meeting responsible. Val will crack her knuckles in accentuation of the end of this sentence. All right, let's get an intimidation roll from Val just to represent, because <laughs> A, I know Val's good at that, and it feels like Everett also did a good sell, so. Okay. yeah. Can I assist in any way? Because while my intimidation stat is empty, <laughs> I do have presence uh, and I can add, uh, I have daunt, which I can add my presence rating to intimidation rolls. 
Let's yeah, add, add uh, we'll do this at, we'll let you roll that as well then. So that'll be your own roll, Everett. Um, separate, okay. Yeah, so you'll roll just your presence uh, and then we'll do an intimidation from Val. And because Val cracked her knuckles, that's some physical it's intimidation. physical? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, okay. Did, and I did my roll. <laughs> just intimidation or a... a so intimidation a and uh, probably strength. I feel like you're you're literally just like, I can fuck up everyone in this room. Yeah, she 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 Strength was one to flex. away from offering punching. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Two, three, four. All right. Here's my dice. Oh my god. Oh my god, I rolled bullshit. I got oh. one out of five. You can add another one success to that. Oh no. <laughs> I mean I only have one die to roll with my daunt present with my daunt, but <laughs> Yeah, that was a crappy roll. Uh Viron Ferron does not back down at all. If you think we're going to be intimidated by your physical threats, ooh, the sheriff's strong, then you clearly do not know how this job works or how the Camarilla works. I'm a Toreador. We don't fucking bend over unless we want to. Uh, And at that point, the school speakers click on. uh, And static feeds into the room. I will say, Everett, you take another point of superficial willpower damage uh both of you deputies you also take a point of superficial damage uh to your willpower just because they, losing this confrontation is not good however a voice echoes through the gymnasium and just says i told you all that you would either find the future or you would eat each other and i have not seen you join with the children of lilith and abandon this failed experiment and so the prophecy is true. You will eat each other and allow me to show you the masters of the feast. And the doors to the gymnasium behind the throne kick open uh, and five frenzied vampires sprint into the room, getting gasps of shock and horror from those vampires around the table and from the rest of you. Evie is leading the charge, including the other missing vampires. And Evie goes straight for Everett and for his throat. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Lori Elizabeth at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and our show log was created by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of dark. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.